and welcome to Just One Cornetto, a podcast discussing all things Greenock Morton. My name is Dean McKinnon and I am your host. Just One Cornetto is brought to you in association with themortonforum.com, your hub for the latest Morton news, analysis and debate. You can reach us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram at The Morton Forum. All participants on this podcast do so in an entirely personal capacity and as such their views are entirely personal to them. Just a quick warning that this podcast may contain a bit of adult language. Thank you all for listening and we hope you enjoy the show. Just one cornetto, give it to me, delicious ice cream, oh me Hi everyone and welcome to another episode of the Just One Cornetto podcast brought to you in association with the Inverclyde Boiler Company, McBookie and Denotter Replica Football Shirts. It's a lacklustre defeat for the Ton, falling 1-0 to Wraith Rovers at Capolo. Wraith captain Ian Davidson had a thumping header in the 12th minute of the match and that went without reply. Joining me to analyse the game, we have Mr Ewan Boyle. Yubo, how are you? Very scared, Dean. Very scared, but I'm sure we'll get on to it. Well, let's... We'll take a moment just to, to get the headline out of the road. Are we in a relegation battle? Ah, uh, comfortably. I mean, there's there's no afterbots and maybes about it. I think there's only one team to blame for this. For us being in this position, and it's us. Tell you what, we'll delve into, into today's game. What did you make of the... We'll kind of break it down a little bit. What did you make of the, the first half performance? One word I can say is just embarrassing. I mean, I was watching them and we, we, we've got no intent. Nobody's doing anything I know to, to try and score, to try and bring ourselves back to it, to look interested. I just don't, I just don't think we looked interested at all. Um, you know, there's, there's, I look to to players, Chris Miller, now I don't I, I bad mouth him, but he got the ball and passed it back, and it maybe wasn't a game for Chris Miller, and when we attack, now they, they attack a lot, and we know it, but see if they're attacking, they're leaving space open, and we need to know it, whereas if Chris Miller's taking the ball and passing it back, and not going forward, it does disrupt the team, and I think you've seen a difference in the second half, where we did look slightly better when we were going forward, and didn't they have that mentality of, passing it back to then get it punted up. I think the issue that we have with Miller at the moment is that I think it's his natural instinct to be that deep pivot and that deep line playmaker and he wants to go take the ball off the centre-backs or the full-backs or whoever it may be and take advantage of his excellent passing range and make something happen and kind of spark an attack that way. I don't know if he has the legs to do that anymore and I think he's in a position now where he's almost having to play within himself and play a safer passing range than he ordinarily would. I would feel quite comfortable with him playing alongside Jacobs and almost advancing himself a little bit. So Jacobs acts as the pivot and the ball carrier as such, taking the ball off the the back four and then looking to feed it into Miller, who is a little bit more advanced up the park, who can then look for the ball into Oliver's feet or maybe look in behind look in that gap between the centre-backs and the full-backs and advance the ball that way. I think we 
need a little bit of a tactical adjustment in midfield if Miller is going to have more game time because we need to really look at ways to progress the ball through him and create attacks through him. And I think the only way to really accomplish that is to have preferably Jacobs, but definitely one of Jacobs or Miller next to him if we are going to go down that road. I think it's a shame as well with, with Chris Miller because, oh, I mean, on his day, wow, what a player. But now, I just don't... <clears throat> I, I don't know. It just seems as though... I don't think he had a bad game. Miller was shown for the ball and making passes, but the issue was these passes were just continually going backwards. And I think that that wasn't helping the team at all. And when Omar came on, with the, the pass going forward, that's when we did start to look more interested. But whilst he was on, whilst he was making them back passes, it just seemed like we weren't going to advance at all. And with Jacobs, I do think you would see a difference with Miller with more freedom, knowing that he's got the protection of Kyle Jacobs. Yeah, I think Jacobs' defensive qualities are probably the best way to get limited attributes is probably a phrase that sounds more harsh than I mean it to, but I think we also have to be realistic in that there are only a certain number of ways that a 37-year-old Chris Miller can impact a championship game, and that's absolutely not meant as a criticism of him. I just think it's being realistic in what he can provide to this team. He can provide something, but there is going to need to be a tactical adjustment made around that. I think in the first half especially, obviously Wraith, Wraith changed their shape today from from the from the way they lined up the last time they played us. I think it took us quite a long time as a squad and possibly as a management team to acknowledge that and kind of try and work around that. I The first half, we really were chasing shadows. I think all credit has to go to Wraith in the sense that they are a very comfortable side on the ball. Defensively, they've got big, powerful players. We saw that back three today, really physical, competing really well. Midfielder, industrious, comfortable on the ball, move the ball well. I wouldn't say they created a great deal, first half especially, but I don't think there was any point during that match where they looked like winning it. So, second half, we... Went for it, obviously, a little bit more. We started chasing the game. Brought on Sterling for his debut. What did you make of the second half? And what sort of impact do you think Sterling had on, on our attacking play? Second half, I thought we were, we were actually kind of much better. Still not that that final third intent, that, that intent to go for it. Um, I, I think when Rabin Omar came on... Um, I know he gets hounded a lot. I thought he actually done okay, and I think there was there was a difference noticed between him and Chris Miller <laughs> when when Kaziah Sterling came on. It, I I kind of expected it to go the way it was. I mean, there's two notable. I think he was running with the ball, and there was a wee bobble, and he lost the ball, and then I think there was a pass he tried to make that went to another player. And it's his first game, but to give Anton Michael the Michael the absolute credit he deserves. It's unbelievable that Morton's got a player for Tottenham Hotspur on loan that's played, albeit for three or four minutes. And You're not clinging to that Champions I'm League reference, it. are you? I'm doing it. I've got to. But I, I'm, I'm a believer that <laughs> you don't play in the Champions League for nothing, right? Albeit three minutes. Okay, I'll give you that. <laughs> I just think that 
you don't you don't play in a Spurs team in the Champions League for nothing. You don't you've got to have some amount of quality about you. His first performance in a Morton jersey. It's fair to say, other than that good wee heater that he done, I hope he does continue like that. But obviously, it's really it's difficult to judge him already. Yeah, I don't think I don't think anyone would would justify having the pitchforks out at, at this stage. I think it more points towards the circumstances that we're in and the deficiencies in the squad that we've built so far that so much is resting on a young loan signing. Now, loan signings in general are a fantastic resource, especially for clubs in the championship at the level that we're at. The onus is on us as a club to have a solid, reliable spine of a team and then see if loan players can give you that little X factor and give you that little 5-10% that's going to turn that turns draws into wins. What deficiencies would you say that this squad has at the moment? It's a difficult one. It certainly is a difficult one, I think. Maybe lack of experience is quite key. I, I know I pointed at Chris Miller for kind of keep going back. I'm not saying he had a bad game, right? It's not what I'm saying. But it's that mentality. Uh, but there's there's not enough Chris Millers, if that makes sense. There's not enough players of his calibre and his experience um, to, to spur a team on. Just One Cornetto is brought to you in association with the Inverclyde Boiler Company. We are an Inverclyde-based, award-winning boiler company. Since our incorporation, we have established ourselves as the go-to company for all things boilers in Inverclyde, known for our unrivaled service and professionalism in fitting new boilers. We are now the lead accredited installer of Worcester Bosch and Ideal Boilers in Inverclyde, installing over 400 boilers last year, and that's no easy achievement. At the Inverclyde Boiler Company, the customer is everything, from our family to yours, the team will be with you every step of the way to ensure your boiler installation is as smooth, straightforward and simple as it can be. We are a company that takes pride in our staff along with the integrity and quality of our work. With our stringent quality control policies and safety visits in place, you are guaranteed the highest quality of service, delivery, installation and aftercare. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram. You can email us info at theinverclaidboilercompany.co.uk or call us on 01475 I think today, today might not be the fairest time to judge it given how strong race midfield is. But I suppose the contrary argument to that is Wraith are a team of a similar size to ourselves. I would imagine a similar sort of budget. They've spent a lot longer in the lower leagues than we have in recent years. It really concerns me how comfortable Wraith looked today against us, especially in midfield. Now, I was surprised to see Blues start starting ahead of Jacobs. Very surprised that there was no Reese Lyon involved. I don't remember seeing anywhere or having it mentioned anywhere in the updates that Lyon was injured. So if Lyon wasn't injured, he should be in there starting that match. If Jacobs is, to be honest, even 75 or 80% fit, he should be starting in that midfield. McAllister leaving has left us really short of quality cover in midfield, I think. We're at a point where Miller might be able to cut it at this level. Blues might be able to cut it at this level. 
I don't think Omar can, especially not in midfield. Again, obviously hope he proves us wrong on that. But I think the I think what proves my point, and I'm probably making this in quite a long-winded way, when we looked in the second half and we are obviously looking to cause attacking overloads in the final third, but in order to progress the ball and to get the ball into the final third, into these attacking spaces and attack creating attacking opportunities, Gary Oliver's having to drop so deep. He's having to drop 45, 50 yards from goal because we've got no one in there that was capable of progressing the ball. Now, we were already struggling in attacking areas. We've kind of been a team so far this season with decent defence, hard-working midfield. The obvious, the obvious weakness in our side was the final third. It was creating that chance and just getting the ball into the strikers. It's concerning now that our midfield has dropped in quality. We are no longer a side who doing well to get the ball up the first 70 yards of the pitch and then struggling a little bit in the final third. I now think that we're not particularly adept at doing that well either. And that is a real concern for me. I've probably taken about five minutes to make this point, but Jacobs needs to start every game. Lyon needs to start every game. And we're now in a situation where it's fingers crossed and hope that we don't need to rely on anyone other than that, to be honest. I agree. I can't believe that the likes of Kyle Jacobs and the likes of his line. Now, I looked at last season and how important Kyle Jacobs was last season and how reliable Kyle Jacobs was. Now, I thought personally, other than Nicky Cadden, uh, I, I thought Kyle Jacobs was the best player last year. I thought he was he was fantastic midfield. Reese, I think, blends well. I mean, I think I, I, I spoke about it before, I think if you've got Jacobs or if you've got McAllister, they're all need to wants the day, just stopping the ball from going through. But it's the most important role in the pitch because it allows players like this line if he plays. Even if Bluesy was Cameron Blues was playing um alongside him or Rabid Omar, all these different players, these players will look better if Kyle Jacobs is on. I think I just I mean that's my personal opinion. But I do think that's the influence that Kyle Jacobs has. Yeah, absolutely. I think both Jacobs and Lyon, as I was saying there, Jacobs and Lyon are now significantly better than the other midfielders at the club. I think you need to look at the fact that Jacobs and Lyon are so much better than the other options to play in that too really points to to be honest, how poor the recruitment has been. I understand that McAllister's retirement came out of the blue. That possibly couldn't have been anticipated. But we could quite easily have lost McAllister too. We could have lost Jacobs to a long-term injury. This squad has been put together poorly. And I think we're now starting to see the culmination of that. And defence has went from looking solid, they've played their way into a kind of run a sticky form collectively and individually. Again, Straps, I mentioned it last week, I don't think Strap had his best game again today. It's now become a, a real concern and the fact that we don't have the option to take him out of the team for a week or two just to kind of rest him and let him gather himself, that's a concern. We look to 
we look to midfield, we took a gamble on Blues to keep him on this season. I don't think it's paid off. We've taken a gamble on Omar, a prospect from the lower leagues. I don't think his position is midfield. And at the moment, I don't think his level is the championship. We lack depth in pretty much every area of the pitch. And we're now in a situation where we lack quality. And to be quite blunt, the last time we had those two major concerns about a Morton squad, we all know what happened. Give me a wee ray of sunshine. Please lighten the mood here. Dean, I'm afraid I can't. We, we are on the brink of serious danger. And well, I'm going to... We're going to play an ad and hopefully find some positivity after it. Okay. This one, Cornetto, is brought to you in association with Denotter Retro Football Tops, who offer a variety of high-quality, modern reproductions of classic Morton shirts from years gone by, including the famous orange Umbro away shirt and the shirts from the 80s and 90s by match winner and New Olympic, with new designs being added regularly. You can visit them at www.denotter.scot and use the discount code MORTON10 to receive a 10% discount on your order. Okay, you've had 45 seconds. Give us your ray of... Ray of sunshine. Do you know, I, I did think about it during there. I, I want I want to get one positive how articulate Anton Michael is and he's speaking and his press conferences, the way his honesty. You know, I listened to uh, Morton Weekly and I heard him saying that the one point three nine is unacceptable. Anton did say we played no bad, but in a way that fans buy into. And I like it. He, he, he's so articulate in the way he explains his decisions and the way he, he dis, like, he, he, all you need to do is look at before games, how how he describes why he's, why he's substituted X, Y, and Z. That's a, a, a real positive, I think. But as Andy Richie said at the start of them games, you do your talking in the park. Bottom six point away from us. Um, gaming on, could be three. We're on the brink of a takeover. We can't get down. I'm afraid to say it. I know I was. I tried to be positive there. We we are looking at at the prospect, a real prospect of relegation. You can only keep your fingers and your toes crossed that Sterling hits the ground running and and starts to perform to the levels we we kind of hope that he does. I think my concern at the moment is when you look at the teams that are around about us in the league. If you look from fifth down to down to tenth. Ayr had a little bit of a sticky patch. They've recruited in the window. Despite them not having the best run of form, they're still sitting on 17 points. They're levelling points with us with a game in hand. Inverness are three points behind us with four games in hand. I've said it before. I think Inverness are a, a far better side than seventh place suggests. And I think once once they play their games in hand, that they'll shoot up the table. We're now in a situation where I think looking through that Arbroath squad, now that they've added Jack Hamilton, I think they are a stronger squad than us, which is a worry. Queen of the South, again, they've really turned it around in recent weeks, recruited during the window. I feel like I'm repeating myself here, but they've started to pick up results. As it stands, they're currently getting beat 2-1 by Alloa, which probably undermines my point a little bit, but <laughs> we'll move on. Again, with Alloa, as it stands, they're 
they're beating Queen of the South 2-1. That could kickstart their season. I don't want to be heading into the last half of the season where the teams round about us are picking up points. When you look at the form table, we've picked up two points from our last five matches. That's not good enough. That is relegation form. Scored three goals in five matches. Do you think, can I move on slightly, do you think that 4-2-3-1 is still the best system for this squad of players or do you think they maybe need a little a little tactical shake-up just to maybe just to maybe try and get something going? Nah, I, I think to try and to try and get somewhere, you know, I, I don't think it's been working. I like it, I do like it, and I've praised it before, but I think if you're wanting to to try and switch it up, I think now's the time to do it. I think that Orsi and Oliver up front could be quite beneficial to us, I think. Um, or even Oliver in... Um, Oliver Sterling. Or, sorry, yes. Sorry, Oliver and Sterling or Orsi and Sterling, or just two up front, whoever it may be, whatever combination you want, try it. I don't see what the issue of trying it is. It seems what we were set up was very defensive, and if a team like Wraith is playing against us, we're almost always going to get beat if we play in that defensive manner. I think, for me personally, 4-4-2, just keep it simple. There's, no, there's nothing wrong with a 4-4-2. You can never go wrong with it. Unless obviously the players do not perform, but you can if James Grady's the gaffer. You can if James Grady's the gaffer. That is very true. But thankfully, James Grady is no longer the gaffer. So, and it would be very interesting to see two up front. Is there maybe a case something that I've kind of was thinking about today? Is there maybe a case for some sort of diamond in midfield where we look at a four four two with with a four man diamond midfield with? You know, Jacob's shielding in front of the back four. Lion and... The difficulty then is, it's Lion and someone ahead of Jacob's. Who that someone is, I don't know. We've got... Yeah, it's tough. We also have... We've got a lot of wide players, so... To limit our width and to kind of play without natural width in midfield and attack might hamper our options. But, again, I think it shows the lack of options that we have in terms of the shape really highlights how poorly assembled this squad was at the start of the season. Aye, it does. And it's it's puts in a bad position. And in our time of need, when, when you, if you had a, a good squad and good options, these situations wouldn't arise, these situations wouldn't happen. The danger of relegation would probably be flung out the window because you'd be like, oh, sorry, we can just make X, Y and Z changes and we'll be okay. We are not in that position now. We we are in danger. It's it's not good enough. I mean, if you want to put it bluntly, it wasn't good enough. And I think people knew at the time it wasn't good enough when we were bringing in all these attackers and it just didn't sit well. We took forever to sign these players. I, I don't know if you remember that, but we were yep. so, so long to, to bring in these players. Um, it just wasn't, nothing sat right. And I think it's now starting to show why people were so concerned and why people were so worried about the club, about the squad that was being assembled at that time. We still have the option to bring in loans. I think we need at least two more players, to be honest. I think we need a capable midfielder and 
I think we need some cover from fullback. We've not been exposed yet, but when you think Ledger's played every game so far, I stand open to correction on that. He's played just about every game of the campaign so far. We've got no cover at left back outside someone along the lines of Muirhead or Colville. When you think this this squad already has deficiencies, we've we've covered that. I don't want to be in a situation where we're one bad tackle away from having these deficiencies and having to see out the rest of the season without a recognised right back or left back. When you bear in mind the centre back situation as well, McAllister was our fourth choice centre back and him and Jacobs were the rotation options at right back. Our options have been severely depleted by McAllister's retirement and I think given how many wages that we've got off of the wage bill since kind of December or whatever date it was that Hopkins resigned, we need to get reinforcements into this squad. It might just be that little X factor that gives the team a little kickstart and gives the gives this team a little bit of impetus because I think we need it badly. Moving on then, I'm just looking at our next five matches. Inverness, Hearts, Dundee, Ayr, Dunfermline. Where do the points come from? Nowhere. You went at one, nowhere. Um, yeah, I mean, we're at home to Dundee, I'm seeing just now. Home to Ayr, you're, you're maybe probably getting something. Or I say probably getting something. It's probably your best chance of getting something. You've got a week to do something with your transfers. The loan window's open. To, I don't know if your rules have changed or not. To, to the naked eye for us just now, it is two. You've got a chance to get two real good players. Right, like, Sorry to interrupt, that is full-time at Recreation Park, and it's 2-1 Alloa, which, <sighs> yeah, closes the gap. This is bad, that's very bad. But anyway, um, we've got a week, and we've got a week to make a good sign in our mid- midfield. I hope Anton, now, as I've said before, love listening to him, love him. I think he's a great speaker, and I think he reads the game well, and I think if he sits back, and reads that game of day, then he'll be on our side. He'll be seeing what we see. And what most of the fans are probably seeing is, we're short. We're very short of players. We're short of quality. Yeah, I completely agree. I think we really need to find the resources and add a couple of bodies because the consequences, if we don't, really don't bear thinking about, to be honest. On that cheery note, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, elsewhere in the division a second half Liam Boyce penalty gave Hearts all three points at Somerset Park against Air United last night are both gained a vital three points with a 2-0 win against Infermline and as I just mentioned Alawa toppled Queen of the South 2-1 at home with Andy Graham and Kevin Colley getting the goals so just before we leave you another shameless plug get yourself over to the Morton Forum read all our fantastic blog posts and a massive big thank you to Gary Bradley at GBR Photography for all of his match snaps. All right, Yubo, um, not the most positive podcast that we'll ever record, but I think it was rather unavoidable, unfortunately. I needed <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> yes. All right, Ewan, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you, Dean. Thank you for everyone listening. And we hope you enjoyed the show.